0: It's my distinct privilege to preach to you tonight. I wonder, before you're seated, if everybody that's 35 and under would stay standing and the rest of you may be seated. I heard a little chuckle. Take a look around. We have a great crowd of young people. That's our target audience. Yes, would you? I want, I want this group, group of people, of young people to know that we honor you, we value you, and you're not just uh, the next generation, you're part of this generation of our church family, and God is using you so much right now, would you give these group of young people, and you can shout if you want to, that's all right, we love you guys very, very much, you can go ahead and be seated, but if you would be prepared for the end of this lesson tonight, I think that God is going to help us. I, uh, I always kind of wondered why I enjoyed a Sunday afternoon nap every now and then. Any Sunday afternoon nappers out there? Did, yep. <clears throat> how many, now, how many of you, you don't nap through the rest of the week, but on Sunday you just kind of... I, I think I found a little Bible for what we do on Sunday afternoons. It was in the first verse of chapter 4 of Zechariah. It says, and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me. As a man that has wakened out of sleep, and and at first I thought, well, that's just a little wake, you know, wake up message. But then as I read through a few commentaries, it said that when the word of God is delivered in such a powerful and in a manifest way, and when a vision of God is revealed often, it's so much for our human senses that emotionally our response is for everything to just shut down and rest. The, And this particular commentator that I was reading, he said, if you'll note, after Daniel's vision, Daniel slept. After the disciples were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they slept. And and in this particular verse, Zachariah slept. I I think maybe sometimes we have that compulsion to have a little nap because we just got a word from God and it's resting in our spirit. And God's just kind of doing, I just gave you a little Bible for your nap today. Can you just thank God for that? we're already into the message so that was for free but Zachariah slept and as he slept this angel woke him and when he woke him it was for purpose it wasn't just to kind of you know antagonize him I I used to antagonize the the kids a little bit if they would fall asleep he'd like to kind of wake them up and you know, just kind of annoy them a little bit, just get their attention. And, and, uh, but, but that's not what this angel was doing when Zachariah slept. He woke him and he, he came with a purpose and he said to him, he said, what do you see? And he said, well, I, I, I see a candlestick of gold. He said, I see a candlestick of gold. And he said, and two olive trees, verse 3. He said, I, one on the right and one on the left. One on the north side of the candlestick and one on the south side of the candlestick. And so Zechariah responds to the angel, and he's, this is his fifth vision, so he's kind of he's in the mode of what's happening now. He understands that there's a reason for him seeing what he's seeing. And he says, what are these? And the angel says, don't you know what they are? And uh, Zechariah says, no, why, why would I ask if I knew what they were? Again, I gave you some Bible sometimes for the way that you feel. Why Why would I ask if I already knew? But God sometimes asks the question because he wants to get our attention before he reveals the revelation. And sometimes God is just getting our attention. What are these? What is it? What is it exactly that's going on? And and sometimes we are phrasing those questions in this day and in this age. God, what is happening around us? What is this that we're seeing in the headlines? What is this that we're hearing about uh, about our world that's in a mess right now? What what is this that's coming to us just bullet form by bullet form and in headlines? Time after time, what is this? What are these things that we are seeing? And, and sometimes I think God's saying, well, don't you know what they are? And our response is, no, I don't know what they are. I don't understand. Maybe the better response is, I don't know why we're going through what we're going through right now. I don't know why we're experiencing the worldwide pandemic that we're experiencing right now. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why are we seeing what we're seeing in the headlines? Why is it in this generation, in this day, and in this time, are we seeing what we're seeing? Why? Anybody have that question? Why? Sometimes it's just I, I, I don't understand the what, so I'm going to move to the why. Why are we experiencing this? So I, if I knew why, I wouldn't ask, but I, I don't know why. Why, what, why this vision right now, God? Why, why am I seeing two olive trees, and why am I seeing this candle stick in the middle? What is, what is this vision all about, about? And like God sometimes does, he doesn't give us the answer we want right away. The angel turns the attention from the vision to another member of the cast in this chapter by the name of Zerubbabel. It's Zerubbabel who has been used by God to rebuild the temple. It was Zerubbabel who was the leader of Israel around 530 BC who led the first group of 42,000 Jews back from the Babylonian captivity. And the Bible says that this word, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. I, now, if you just imagine with me, I, I thought maybe I'd like to get some people up here to help me uh, to to illustrate this, and and I I think maybe Alex, if you, where's Alex? He's with his son. I'm not gonna get Alex then. I'll get Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt and O'Neill if you'll come up and join me. I, I, I just Pastor Matt, if you'd stand on this side of me, and and O'Neill, if you just stand on on this side of me, and 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 there's still this vision that. Zechariah has before him. There's the candlestick and there's the two olive trees that are on each side. And God turns the attention from this vision to Zerubbabel. Because Zerubbabel is this individual that God has anointed and God has appointed for this season. And God said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. And then he quotes the verse that we all love to quote. It's not by might nor by power. But by my spirit, someone say the spirit saith the Lord of hosts. It was the remnant that had been led back. Alex preached about it last Sunday night. It's the title of this conference that we're getting ready and preparing for right now, the remnant. It's, it's, uh, it's the remnant that he has led back to, to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. We know about Nehemiah that he has built the walls. He's already rebuilt the walls, but now He's got Zerubbabel in place and the temple is being rebuilt. If, uh, if you kind of dug a little deeper into scripture, you'd know that Zerubbabel was leading that group of people, but he wasn't just on his own. He had the backing of Cyrus, the king. The great king of Babylon was backing him financially. He had his blessing to go and to rebuild the temple. In all the accounts of the Hebrew Bible that mentions Zerubbabel, he is always associated with the high priest who returned with him by the name of Joshua. Together, these two men led the remnant, the first wave of Jewish returnees back from exile. There was these two trees now, and now we have two individuals. We've got Zerubbabel, and we have Joshua. Zerubbabel was the civic leader. We'll just call him the mayor. But Joshua was the high priest. There was two men. There was the combining effort of the civic and the spiritual. There's a combined effort of the natural and the spiritual. There was the elements there in place for God to do what he wanted to do. God wasn't just allowing this to happen. It didn't just kind of occur, and then God made it work. God ordained all these individuals to be in the right place at the right time. They were there on purpose. They were there in part of this vision that God was giving to Zachariah. He said, I've got everything in place. I've got everything in order because I'm going to do a great work, and it's not going to be my might, and it's not going to be by power. In the middle of that profound vision, the revelation that God gives, He wants to remind them that it's not by bite, and it's not by power. Because it could have been mistaken, it could have been mistaken that it was by might because they had the king's backing. It could have been mistaken that it was by power because they had the king's finance and the king's authority, the natural king of the land. But God was saying, don't get things out of order. Make sure you keep things in order because it's not by might. And it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. God said, I've ordained everything that's happening in the right time, in the right place. And it's not human engineering and human effort that's making this happen. It is by my spirit. I am working behind the scenes. I am putting men in position of authority. I'm granting favor when maybe you didn't expect it or anticipate it. Because I, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and working on your behalf. So don't get mistaken. It's not by might and it's not by power but it is by my spirit saith the Lord. I'll just step out of the sermon for a minute to remind CCC tonight that if we're going to experience the greatness of God it's not going to be by might and it's not going to be by power but it is going to be by the spirit of God that does the work. It is going to be by the that lifts men and women up out of a dark place into the light. It is going to be by the Spirit of God that's poured out on men and women. And watch the chains. Come on, watch the chains break. Watch the shackles fall to the ground when it's not by might and not by power, but when it is by God's Spirit. It's God's Spirit that's going to do need it to do. And I'll come back one more time. We're just going to keep chipping away at it. We're talking about prayer and fasting. Why? Because prayer and fasting gets rid of power and might. Prayer and fasting moves us out of human elements and human engineering Prayer and fasting says no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Prayer and fasting says I'm going to put my knee on the floor because I'm going to talk to a God that's able to do more in a moment than I can with all of my mental proficiency, with all of my physical proficiency. I'm going to let God work. And if I'll just pray, then I can see God work. If I work, then I see my little hand do a little something. But if I pray, I see God's almighty hand do it all mighty work it's not by might nor by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord and without a doubt there was opposition because God in the middle of this profound revelation addresses the opposition he says who art thou O great mountain before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain He said, Zerubbabel, right now it seems like an impossible. Zerubbabel, without a doubt, he knew about opposition. Zerubbabel knew what it was like to have the Samaritans oppose him. Zerubbabel knew what it was like to try and do the right thing. But have all kinds of good people oppose your work. Without a doubt, the the enemy would have loved to put a mountain in the way of what God was doing through Zerubbabel, but God addresses the mountain. He doesn't even allow Zerubbabel to address it. He said, who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying, grace, grace unto it. He said, whatever opposition's in the way, Zerubbabel, don't worry, because I'm building something through you. Let's keep Keep it straight now. We're going to not do it by might. And we're not going to do it by power, but we're doing it by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might, not by power. Now, the building was going to take effort. It was going to take planning and preparation. It was going to take supplies. It was going to take all kinds of individuals uh, 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 signing up and being in their place to do what they were called to do. And I'm sure that, you know, we've been through a few construction projects around here. I am sure that Zerubbabel could talk about construction challenges. No doubt, he had stories of what didn't go well. He had scars to prove what happened in the middle of building projects. Anybody ever embarked on a building project and not get some kind of scar? We just, we just Been through a little building project with Justin, and I I remember saying to him at one point, after it seemed like every day that we were there working, either he or I got hurt. And I said, my goal is to get done this job and still be alive. (laughs) Our goal is to get through this. It just seemed like every day a hammer on the thumb. Every day there was, you know, a poke and a bump. And I remember one, one, one time I was working and I, I went to stand up and my head caught a nail. And uh, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, ah! And you know, if you've ever, ever kind of got a cut on your head, we won't go there. It just, it's, it, you immediately know things are not well. And I remember being so frustrated more about the time factor than the pain factor. But we can talk about construction challenges. Zerubbabel could talk about all the planning and preparation. He could talk about having, you know, some people behind him. If if you're not careful when you're in the midst of you being the worker, you can get focused on yourself. You can become the focus. and, And if you're not careful, the commentary. And I'm grateful for Pastor Woodward. He operates in the role of our bishop, and I'm grateful for every time that, that he's cheering us on, and he's, he's in our corner, he's fighting for us, and he's, he's, he's kind of tackling the devil on our behalf often. And, and, um, and sometimes I just like, I, I don't want all, just don't mention the position or the name, because you just put us in line for the devil. Put the target on our back. I'm glad we're fighting this together. Someone say amen. Sometimes, you, but if you're not careful, Jack can get focused on the guy in the mirror that he sees in the morning. And it's not by might and it's not by power, it's by his spirit, says the Lord. If there's anything that happens in a service that's of eternal consequence, it's not the human element that did the work, it's the spiritual element that accomplished the purpose. That is the difference that's being made. And, and if you're not careful, Zerubbabel, you can get focused on the finance and it just keeps flowing and you can begin to think, you know, we got this in hand. But it's not by might and it's not by power, saith the Lord. I'm grateful for everything that we are and I'm grateful for everything that CCC has. I'm thankful. Take a look around. I love, I, even when nobody's here and I come in this room, I'm grateful for what God has given us. But I don't want to make the mistake and say it's by might and by power. And forget about the spirit of the Lord. We're only here for one purpose. That this building is to become a vessel for the spirit of God to flow. We're only here for one purpose. That this place this place, is to be a tributary for God's presence to flow in us and through us to a world that needs us. We preached about it this morning. The lost needs someone to reach them. And it's going to happen not by might. And not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The scripture goes on. Moreover, verse 8, the Lord spoke and said, The hands of Zerubbabel, verse 9, have laid the foundation of this house. And his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. Zerubbabel, God is going to finish what he started through you. Zerubbabel... Don't get distracted and don't get dismayed. This is a word for somebody tonight. Because what God began, God said and he promised he would complete it. And that's why we're talking about the next generation. Our focus tonight, this lesson, this message is directed to our youth. So if you can just give me your attention for a few more minutes. We're talking about where God is leading us. I'm grateful for every elder amongst us and I'm closely becoming part of that group. I'm grateful for our leadership. I'm grateful for Pastor and his vision. I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm grateful for our staff. I'm thankful for every volunteer. I, I still look in amazement when we show up and, and, and I look at the list of people that's required to make a Sunday happen at CCC. I watched as students left this afternoon, uh, long after many of you did. They've been practicing. I, I watched as our, as Danielle left this morning, and long after many of you did because she was downstairs making sure our Sunday school teachers and everything was in order i'm grateful for sunday school teachers as a matter of fact we can't get through a sunday around here without some 70 volunteers so i'm grateful i'm grateful for everything that we have i'm thankful i'm 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 grateful but what god began god promised he would complete so what began on that little uh the, the little Bible studies that started down on McGloin Street and then that turned into a chaplain and then the chapel turned into the old sanctuary and now we, we sit in this edifice tonight we sit in this room. I'm grateful for all those elements but what God began isn't going to end without God finishing it. It, it. it may have started by his hand without question. It was God at work but it's going to finish not by might and not by power but it is going to finish with the spirit of the Lord accomplishing the great work. So young people, I just came. Like Zerubbabel, don't, don't get distracted by everything that's going on around you. Sometimes God just comes with a word to remind you. Hey, take a look around. Do you understand everything that's happening? No, I don't understand everything that happened. I, we still don't know why these trees are here. That's alright. I know, I know they're here. They don't know why they're here but I do. But that's the way some of you feel. You, you're like, God, Why have you got me here? I'll tell you why. He knows exactly who you are. He knows all of your giftings, your talents, your skill set. He knows. He know Now, if you'll put your hand in His and not walk by might nor by power, but if you'll get a hold of the Spirit of God, God is going to lead you into a purpose that you could never have imma- imagined because that is how God is going to end this thing. It's not going to be some small little flame that's just barely flickering when God comes back. God is going to be a part and looking for a church that is on fire, that is engaged, that's a part. Come on, a part of an end time revival and it's not by my, not by power, but by my spirit. So young people, we're talking to you tonight. It's time to engage the spirit of God. It's time. And who hath despised the day of small things? Verse 10. They shall rejoice. We talked about it where this started. They shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. He said there's going to be a plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And it's going to indicate something. You see the plumb line. If you're in construction. The plumb line will give you a proper vertical line. Now it might spin there for a little while. And life gives us a little, a little bump every now and then. And, and, and it kind of gets us off track. And, and for a little while we don't know exactly where we're heading. But he said, there's a plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. It's not by bite, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Because if you can get the plumb line, the plumb line, you see, he didn't say there's a level in Zerubbabel's hand. He said, there's a plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. He said, there's a vertical line that's going to be drawn. And he said, and if you're not careful, don't draw the line when things have got you out of order. Don't draw the line when, when things are just kind of batting you about in life. But he said, if, you're, if you'll just be cautious and patient, something's going to happen in your life. And the pun line eventually is going to straighten out. It's going to become a straight vertical line. Now, I don't know how straight of a line you can draw. And I don't know how good your eye is. I, I got a crooked eye. I can't hang a picture. Kathy doesn't even ask. I can't. Pastor doesn't ask. Nobody asks me to hang pictures. Now, one thing that I have found is that I do love the DeWalt laser level. It'll give me a vertical line. It'll give me a horizontal line. But before DeWalt had a laser level, there was just this simple plumb line. And the plumb line in the hand is rubbable. It didn't indicate a horizontal plane. Now, this is important. We've got a horizontal relationship with one another. We've got a horizontal relationship with our world. We've got a horizontal relay. We we need to have good good uh, rep, you know representation in our community. We want to have a good uh, a good reputation. We want we want all those things. We want to be a part of that. That that's some of what Pastor was preaching about this morning too. He he just indicated you know we we don't want to alienate anyone. We want to make sure that the church doors are wide open for everybody. Amen. Yeah. But he said, there's a plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And Zerubbabel, that's why the challenge was not to operate by might, because might operates on this plane. Might operates in the plane of the horizontal. Power operates in the plane of the horizontal. He said, but the Spirit of God operates in the plane of the vertical. The plumb line, what it does is it directs our attention up and down. The plumb line will give you a straight line. It'll give you the shortest route from here to there. The plumb line, he said, that, that's what was important. He's saying, make sure that, make sure you have a good relationship with your neighbors and make sure you love, we're talking about it Wednesday night, love your neighbors yourself, love one another. But this relationship, this vertical relationship was important because the plumb line determined the vertical relationship. And that, that relationship with God, if it's in order. The plumb line was important. Now, Zerubbabel was a builder. He was rebuilding the temple. He's the guy that laid the chief cornerstone. He's the guy that built the tabernacle. He he was just there, and he's at work. He's got his hands in the dirt. But he said, he didn't say about the level. That's important. He said, get the plumb line right, Zerubbabel. Because if you get this right, then everything else can be ascertained. Your horizontal relationships will come into play, and, and they'll come into place if you get your vertical relationship with God right. So we're talking tonight about getting our vertical relationship right. It's not by might and it's not by power. Young people, those under 35 years of age, this week's important that we get this right. It's important that that we don't get sideways this week. I mean, any week, but, but especially this week. It's important that that we get consecrated this week. We we get our knees on the floor, and we get our head turned toward heaven, and we establish this relationship, and we get these things in order. I, I don't want anything in the way to impact or affect my relationship. I want the plumb line in our lives to be very in order. I want it to be running straight up and down. We don't need a plumb line running sideways. We don't need a, a plumb line being out of order because of sin or because of a lack of consecration. We need the plumb line in our lives straight up and straight down. We have to get this right. Not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit says the Lord. That's what we've got to get in order. Is anybody anybody with me tonight? It's important that we calculate the cost of our decisions every week, but especially this week. It may be a small beginning, but He said don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise The great starts. I I love a humble start and I love a great finish. There's value in the challenge of a small beginning. The challenge of a small beginning allows you to grow into what God has prepared for you. The challenge of a small beginning, sometimes God is entrusting you with a little right now because he's got a lot in your future. But start there the plumb line, to whom much is given, much is required, but, but to, you know what, if you will get the little things in order, if you'll get the little things right in your life, then God will begin to release greater things in your life, it's always the small start, it's the small seed, Um, it's not the huge tree that's landed in the ground, it's the seed that starts, and as it grows, it establishes the root system. It's the, the, the roots that will support the tree when the storms come. It's the roots that will supply nourishment to the tree when the rains don't. It's the roots that will establish the tree and allow it to grow. into what so, so if you will get this vertical relationship with God right, if you will make sure that your plumb line runs between Him and your life, that something powerful happens, not by might, uh, we, we see so much of this let me speak to every generation we see so much of this horizontal impact and effort to establish relationship and God said just work that hard at establishing this relationship and, and instead of focusing on followers focus on being a follower Oh, we better get off all of that We we need to establish the plumb line in our life. And Zerubbabel, he had that plumb line. And he was to be the example to Israel of what they could accomplish through a small start. It was just one cornerstone in the soil. But it was the beginning of what God was going to do. Great things were coming. Prepare Israel. Get ready for it. CCC, it's a great weekend that's coming. Prepare for it. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Prepare. Don't, don't despise this small beginning on Sunday night. It's, it's a powerful and a humble start. But don't despise the small beginning because God has great things in store. I'm telling you that God's going to bring healing this coming weekend in lives. There's gonna be physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. Our come on, our 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 district, our district is looking forward to this. Our youth are looking forward to this. And could I dare say that God is looking forward to this? God, I believe, is ordaining this time, so we don't wanna misstep. We don't want to miss the ball. And and some of what I've prepared tonight is because usually what we'll have is we'll have Green Hill Lake camp. Anybody remember Green Hill Lake? And, and we'll have Green Hill Lake. And that's kind of something for CCC's youth group to get kind of focused and, and kind of get in the groove and, and get in place for what God wants to do through all of you. Well, this is, this is like a abbreviated Green Hill Lake with no lake and no Green Hill. tonight, as we're preparing to close, if we can come back to the music. I'm wondering if we could prepare our minds and our hearts and our spirits for what God is going to do through us. Our horizontal relationships are important. I need you and you need me. But our vertical relationship is priority that relationship determines these relationships. And if you're still wondering about these two trees to my right and to my left, to my north and to my south, the scripture does come back to them. In verse 11, Zechariah answered again and he said, what are these two olive trees on the right side and the left of the candlestick? What be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves he said there's you see the thing with the tree that we didn't get in the first few verses was that they were flowing oil from one tree into the candlestick in the center and from the other tree into the center He said, what be these two olive branches through which the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? He said, you don't know what these are? He said, no, my Lord, I don't know. Again, this is time number two. Thank you guys for helping me and being patient with me. Then he said this. He said, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. The two anointed ones. I'm so glad that it wasn't just two of the archangels. You know, it could have been Gabriel sending messages back and forth. And it could have been Michael just waiting for the next battle. But it wasn't those two. It was two that flowed anointing oil continually. Never stopped flowing. Without human intervention. Without human engineering. Without human abilities. The oil from the fruit of the tree flowed into the lamp and the lamp continued to burn because of the oil that flowed continually. The two anointed one literally means the two sons of oil. The expression sons of, in many cases, it denotes a quality, a property of. Sons of oil mean people possessed by oil, oil bearers, channels through which the oil flowed to others. And in this vision. Zechariah is given this picture. This ability through which Zerubbabel is going to accomplish the great task of building the temple. It's going to happen not by power, not by might, but it's going to happen by the Spirit. But God in this vision, he lets him, question him a few times. He, he lets his vision come before him and he's like, well, what is it with the tree? What is it with the tree? He said, that, that tree represents the anointing. And when Zachariah saw it, he realized that the oil never stopped flowing. It didn't need human help. It didn't need somebody prodding and prompting and preaching and shouting just the right way. Didn't need Kathy on the keyboard. Didn't Didn't need Caleb on the drums. Didn't need any of that. The anointing was flowing. And God was saying, come on, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And if Zerubbabel will get in the right place, then, then the flow begins to come into his life. Then there isn't anything that can stop him. Who are you, great mountain that can stand? You can't stand in the way. The great mountain becomes a plain before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I'll, I'll just give the, the sermon in a nutshell tonight. As a church, as a youth group, we have got to get in the flow of the anointing. And it doesn't matter what the opposition might be. It doesn't matter how great the mountain is. It doesn't matter about mandates or opposition. It doesn't matter about how hell might fight what's happening in this place if we just get the oil flowing. Come on. I I don't know what you're vision or image of heaven is I don't know if you just think you're going to float on the crystal sea and bask in the light of the Lamb I don't know but when I see it in scripture it's a place of activity it's a place where angels are descending and ascending it's a place where these come on God's working there's stuff happening there's lightning falling there's lightning and thunder pillars are shaking and stuff is moving that's happening. Why? Because it's in that supernatural element. Windows are opening and blessings are being prepared. Cornelius prayers are rising up and the devil's whining and accusing the brethren. Hey, 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 hey. It's all happening in the angelic realm. It's all happening in the heavenly realm. But there, amongst all of that, there is this opportunity for the anointing to flow from each of these trees into lives. The anointing never stops flowing. Those trees represent the anointing that will not stop. The anointing is flowing. But God is saying, Is there somebody willing to get in the flow? Is there somebody willing to connect with my source? there somebody, is there a young person somewhere that says God I need that anointing standing with me Need to make it personal for a moment. I think that we need to get our plumb line in place. I I don't know what your plumb line position is tonight. But I'm wondering if we could take a few moments, and we're we're going someplace in the in, in the lesson tonight. But I wonder if you could take a few moments and ensure that your life is ready to receive the anointing. Come on, you you can't find you can't find directions to get your life plumb in headlines. If you're distracted there, you got to back out. You got to get a hold of the Word of God, because God's wanting to bring us direction and God's wanting to lead us into this new place but we gotta get we gotta get we gotta get that in order and you say Pastor Jack we've been fasting and praying since January 2nd I know but the devil's mad and we're glad but but I just know I we, we've been around long enough to know some things get in the way sometimes. They clog up the, the artery for, for that anointing that God wants to flow through. So that's, that's what I'm wondering right now, if we can just kind of take a moment. Because your neighbor can't tell you whether or not your life's in plumb. But somewhere in this lesson tonight, the Word of God has worked its way into your spirit. And there's something drastically wrong there's something big in the way and God's saying let's get this taken care of because we're going to pray for anointing in just a few moments but but let's get let's get some let's get some stuff cleaned out let's let's get some things in order let's establish come on let's establish the right relationship for a moment I'm wondering if every head could bow and if every life could just begin to examine come on examine yourself for a moment tonight Right now is the right time to pray prayers of repentance. Right now is the right time and it only takes a moment. It's just a decision that you make to get the plumb line in place. It's just, it's just allowing God's word to give leadership. It's just allowing God's word to give direction. Just take a moment and say, God, wash me. Purge me. Cleanse me. Come on. There's just a cry. You're, you're free to pray. You're you're all right. It's all right. Every person's got something that they can lay on the altar tonight. Come on. It may be some habit that's got formed that you need to that you need to correct. It may be some idea it may be some idea about you, some idea about someone else. It may be something that's not right with your brother or your sister. It, it may be, come on, it, it just may be sin that's in the way. It, I, I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. God, we're wanting you to cleanse us. We're wanting you to wash us. It's God, you're calling a solemn assembly tonight. You're, you're calling us to a place of sanctity. You're calling us to a place, God, of reformation. You're calling, a, you're calling the remnant tonight to get the plumb line in order. And so God... Hear our cry. God attend our prayer. Come on, the anointing is gonna flow in just a moment, but God's God's waiting for vessels. God can't fill what's already full. Come on, God can't flow in if there's resistance. If God can't flow in if, if sin has just filled your life and, and, and God's just waiting. Come on, somebody lay it on the altar. Somebody lay it down. Hear our cry, O oh Lord, attend unto our prayer.